What's up, motherfuckers? I'm here on another episode of a collection of conversations with my daughter. Danny Marie Ornelas. That's right. Ready to talk some shit? Let's get it going. Yo, yo, yo. God damn. My name is Alex. This is another episode of Collection of Conversations. You heard it. I'm with Joey and Danny. Danny, what's up, Danny? Hey, first of all, give it up for these bad motherfuckers from driving out, taking time out of their night to come chop it up with me. Yo, I really appreciate it. This is a conversation I was looking forward to for a very long time. Um, thank you both for being here. Before I even get started, before we even get started, Danny, I have a question for you right off the jump. So I always hear your pops calling you Fred. Where did that come from? Because you just said your name was Danny, so I'm perplexed. Like the full-on whole story? Yeah, the whole flu story, yeah. You know the movie Home Alone? Hell yeah, no Home Alone. <laughs> That's just where it's from. Okay, so what? how did that, where's the tie-in? What happened there? You know? Not really. So I've been telling the story for so long. Um, the the two guys from Home Alone, the two bandits, right? This, uh, what do they call themselves? The Sticky Bandits or some shit? Sticky Bandits. Um, Marv and Harry. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think Marv, I don't know, whoever the curly-headed one was. I think it is Marv. Um, the one who gets electrocuted. Yeah. yeah. Danny was laying on the couch one day, and uh, I was trying to get her up. And she finally sat up, and she had like a little afro at the time, right? And when she sat up, her hair, it reminded me of Marv. <laughs> but I thought his name was Fred. So I was like, let's go get up, Fred. You know, I was just referring to the movie. But Fred just stuck. So Did you Fred know is. that? Did you know that's how you got the name Fred? Yeah, but like, yeah. Where did you think it came from? I don't know. I just thought it was just. Just a random name? Yeah. How do you feel about that nickname, Fred? I don't really care. Do you kind of dig it? Are you starting to like it? Is it growing on you? It's okay. A little bit. All right, cool. Do you have any nicknames for your pops? No. No nicknames for him. So, yeah, before, I appreciate that because I've always been curious to know. I've been wanting to ask him, and I did it, and I did it, and I didn't never ask him. So this is the first time. Now I know. Um yeah, because I was like, why does he call her Fred? You know what I mean? I thought it was like they thought you were going to be a boy, and then they had the name. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. But, man, in all seriousness, Joe, your knowledge, uh, 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 man, how do we even start with you, right? Like, uh, first and foremost, a good friend of mine, a brother, a military veteran, a business owner, a motorcycle enthusiast, a uh, caring, kind, compassionate human being. But one thing that I always uh, refer to you as when I think of you is a father, you know what I mean? Ever since I met you, man, you've always, like, put your kids first. Always, always. And I think this is a perfect example of that. So I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to get to know you both better. Because one of the first times I ever met Fred, I think when, it's immediately after I left, there's a rumor going on that you told your dad that my eyebrows were on fleek. Is this true or is this false? Yes, that is so true. <laughs> why, did you, why did you refer to my eyebrows like that? Because it kind of makes me uncomfortable, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I don't even know. Okay. For the record, I never, I don't pluck them. I don't do nothing. This is God. You know what I mean? He gave me these. So I just want to set that tempo because I feel like you look at me sometimes like I wax them and shit. And I don't do that. All right, Fred? All right, we cool. I just want because you be eyeballing me, I be eyeballing you. I ain't playing that shit on me. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'll say, what's up, Joey? What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. I've been back in California for a week. Um, got a bunch of work done at the office. Been working 14 hours days since Monday. Damn. And um, yeah, I was 
kind of excited to wrap it up today being Friday, last day till I fly back to Tennessee. Shit. Okay. So you said you've been in California. So is that, is that where you're at right now? Tennessee? Yep. What part? What part? We are south. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're about 30 miles south of Nashville, a town called Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. What's that like, man? Cause I know you were born and raised in Orange County. That's Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It sounds like it'd be a culture shock. How's that going? It, it sounds like it'd be a culture shock. It sounds like it'd be in the middle of nowhere. Um, Murfreesboro is actually the biggest suburb in Nashville. Okay. Um, it's barely country at all. Uh, all the same stores. Everything that's here is there except the beach. Okay. Okay. What's the weather like right now over there? The weather's crazy. Um, I think yesterday, I think it was like 80 degrees. Today, the high was mid-50s. God damn, so it's hot and cold, right? Mm-hmm. Did you Are you adjusting to that, being a Cali kid, growing up over here by the coast? Yeah, it's kind of fun because I could actually wear my clothes and all my flannels and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but when it goes from, when you don't know that it's going to go from cold to hot, that part kind of sucks because then you're stuck in a fucking flannel. Yeah, how, how long have you been out there now? Shit, it's been some time already. Two months. And and you're sold? No no questions asked? sold, dude. The, the only thing I wish I would have done is moved out there five years ago. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's perfect. Legit. Perfect. Checks all your boxes? All of them. Yeah, and what are those boxes like? Like, why is it perfect to you? Um, for one, it's more affordable. Um, not that I needed more affordable housing or anything. It's not... Not like that, but um, it's more affordable for the working family in general. Um, you, your money goes further out there. The people are great. Um, you know, there's not random disrespect. Nobody judges. People don't give a fuck about <laughs> what you're wearing, what you're driving. Um, they don't give a shit. Everybody is focused on themselves and minds their own business. Damn, that's what's up. You Seems know, like the complete opposite of California. Y- it is. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's dope, man. I, I, I was, uh, when you told me you were moving out there, I was like, in my head, I was like, that's cool. But I was like, I wonder how long he's going to last out there. But it sounds like you're digging it. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. So no plans, ideas coming back to Cali? No, the only way I would come back here is if I struck it rich somehow and I could buy a fucking dope-ass crib. And then just say, fuck it. Yeah. That's cool, man. You said earlier that you've been working like 14-hour days. Well, what are you working as right now? What are you doing right now? So now I'm an esthetician. Um, I own my own business, Speakeasy Aesthetics, uh, Mission Viejo. Um, yeah, I work on skin. Skin texture is my specialty. Growing up, did you ever think you would be a skin expert specialist? Never. No? How'd you get into that, man? It sounds like a different... Uh... <clears throat> I love this question because I love telling my story. Please do. Um I don't like talking about myself, but I do like telling my story because I feel like some people may be able to take something from it. Um, So it all started because they say it's good to have your five and 10 year plan set up, right? Well, when I was thinking about this plan thing, uh, I was in the laborers union doing construction, you know, we're just laboring, dude, you know, hard work digging ditches, pouring concrete, asphalt, pipe, everything. Um, Anyways, I decided to come up with this five-year plan. I wrote down all my goals, 
And when I came to the end of that five-year plan, I'd realized that I attained all my goals, right? So the biggest thing I learned from that was that I'm capable, right? I stuck to the plan and I achieved it. I achieved, I attained those goals. Uh, one day when I was working at the Huntington Beach Power Plant, it was a beautiful morning. Sun was coming up over the ocean. You know, you could see the cranes and stuff like that. It was a pretty cool picture. Um, I thought, you know what? Fuck it, dude. I'm done. What's my next challenge going to be? And I didn't want it to be something that I knew I could do. I wanted it to be something that was going to be legit challenging. So I thought, all right, what's the exact opposite of what I'm doing now? <laughs> yeah. Fucking skincare. So my chick, she was already injecting for a year and I decided to jump into business with her and uh, I bought my first device. Uh, you know, I jumped in the industry head first and it worked out. What was that first device? So it was a radio frequency device. It's good for cellulite stretch marks, wrinkle reduction, all that kind of stuff. I remember my first client, I was nervous as hell, <laughs> right? Because this lady, she knew her shit. I sold her a package for 3600 bucks in about two minutes. Fuck. And from that point on, I thought, holy shit. You're on to something. I can do this. So yeah, fast forward four years, I got my own practice now. Damn, and 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 where did it where where did it start off at? Like what city? Lake Forest. Lake Forest, California. So, um, I mean, you I think you look a little different than the average uh Lake Lake Forest uh resident. Was was that a little different for you to like jump into that industry and in that market? Like was it weird fucking messing with skin? Absolutely. Um It was a trip because, for one, I never felt like I even fit in in Orange County. And then I go to working on all these housewives, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of a trip. I still get it till this day. You know, women, new clients walk in, and they look at me, and they're like, I'm here for Joey, and I'm standing <laughs> right there. You know, and they kind of look at me up and down like, oh, shit, like, you're going to be the one working on my ass today? Yeah. You know, like you're going to be the one working on my chest. Like, you know what you're talking about when it comes to skincare. Yeah. And just to provide a little bit of context for the people listening, because they're probably like, what the fuck are they talking about? Why are they sizing them up? Uh, two sleeves, right? Two tattoo sleeves. Uh, your head blasted. You yeah. got some head, some head tattoos, bald head. Yeah. So I'm sure they were kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, this is like a work release program. Doing my community <laughs> service there. Yeah, that's awesome though, man. What you said right now that you never like you never thought or you never felt like you fit in Orange County. Why is that? Like how did that start off? Where does that come kind of go back to? Uh that was just a culture shock that just stuck with me forever. Um I moved to Orange County with my mom uh in middle school. And in middle school, I mean, I was already into lowrider bikes and stuff. I was already damn near a full size man. You know what I mean? I was big, had a mustache already. Um, At what age did you have a mustache? Shit, probably fifth grade. <laughs> can you <laughs> can you envision your dad in fifth grade with a mustache? No. <laughs> you know, 
I used to line it up too. Oh, damn. So you, you <laughs> had the whole get down going, bro. Yeah. So a fifth grader with a mustache and you kind of just always kind of you felt like you were like a sore thumb type of thing stood out. Yeah, because when I came here, I was like a full on little cholo, dude. I was the only one wearing Ben Davis and solos, um, you know, tube socks and Cortez's the whole nine. Um, I was definitely the only kid with a lowrider bike here. You know, I used to, I used to cruise my bike by myself and, uh, you know, people would be like, Hey, uh, what kind of bike is that? And to me, I'm like, dude, this is a fucking 68 Schwinn. What are you talking about? This is a lowrider bike, you know? And people just weren't hip to it. Yeah. When you're, when you're talking about the Ben Davis is and, and, and all that, I see your kind of your, I see your daughter, like kind of like crack a smile, like. What, what causes you to bring a smile to your face when you hear that about your pops? Just like trying to imagine my dad as a cholo. Can't. <laughs> Why is that? Look at him. Looks a little different than then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's funny. Yeah, it's crazy. So so when you, you and your, your, your mom moved in, you, you kind of felt like right away, like just your culture and everything you brought with it, you kind of felt like different than, than other people. Yeah. The whole, like the whole Chicano movement, East LA style, that was my thing. You know, shit, I remember cruising Whittier Boulevard with 50 other kids that I didn't even know just on our lowrider bikes on Cinco de Mayo. You know what I mean? And where, where did you get that from? Like, where, where did that get introduced into your life? Um, I, I don't know. I, I was just always into cars and bikes um, and motorcycles. My dad was also into that kind of stuff. He was into the muscle car scene. And um, I just loved the, the lowriders, you know, and all the oldies and everything that came with it. Damn, so that was a part of your life early, early on. Forever, yeah. And and when you and your mom moved here, it was South Orange County? Yeah. So then, now, yeah, that's a little different then, especially probably at that time, right? Like, you were probably one of the few. Oh, yeah. What was that like, bro? Like, what, what, what was that like? Like, did you fit in? Like, was it, like, awkward Not, for no. you? Like, and this is funny, right? Because it's just, like, my view as a kid. Um, I met another little group of homies, like, from the area, and I thought they were fucking whack. You know what I mean? Like you have your your uniform. You know what I mean? And to me, theirs was just off. And I don't know, it was just a trip, you know? We were just into different things and culture shock. And that kind of manifested all the way through middle school, high school, all yep. the way up? Or or did you did you did it get easier to start to relate to people as you kind of got older older? Um yeah, the one thing that made it easier to relate was that I was always good at sports and bodyboarding. What was your sport of choice? What, what was your go-to sport? Uh, I mean, I did everything. Football was my main sport. I did football, basketball, baseball, track, wrestled for a while. That's kind of usually like the gateway to build relationships with your peers on like sports and yeah. those commonalities. And then you said boogie boarding or bodyboarding? Yeah. Damn, what was that? How did you get into that? We used to live in, uh, like, Central California, Napomo. And um, my dad would take me to the beach all the time. And I would just sponge and screw around in the water, and that stuck. That's badass. All the way up to post-high school and everything. Yeah, now. Fuck. You still, you still get down in the water like that. Yeah. And then uh, after high school, like, you know, sports and, and kind of the boogie boarding, body boarding, what, what, where did it go from there? did sports go no just you like as in general like what was your next step after that mm. military military straight into the military yeah 
What is what in, what inspired that? Did you, did you come from like a family of veterans? Do you have other other individuals? No, no one. You're the first in your family. I, th- I think my grandpa, and I really should know this, but I think my grandpa was in the Navy for a little while. Oh no, shit. Yeah, they were back at, back when. Yeah, but it wasn't like one of those things like yeah, you need to be in the military. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like a, you were in a military brat family. No, nope. like they didn't have you doing fucking push-ups in the morning and shit. Mm-hmm. No, nah. what what year did you join the military? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Fuck, that was a crazy time to join the military, man. <laughs> it was. Um, this is a, a decent story. So, in two thousand two, two thousand three, while I was still in high school, I graduated in oh three. Um, so when I was a junior and senior. I was still heavily involved in like the Chicano nation movement, you know? Um, This was like right when the Iraq war was starting to kick off. So I'd spend a lot of time with my dad and we were always like downtown LA, hanging out in East LA, different areas. And um, like, I was always down for like our people, you know? Um, So what I did is the five for 10 t-shirt store. Yeah. Classic. You know, they have the piles of different color bandanas on the counter. Yeah. Well, I would go to different t-shirt stores and I would jack all the brown bandanas. I had hundreds of them. So I made these flyers that said something like support our Chicano brothers and sisters, you know, as they deploy for war and defend our country and yada, yada, yada. And I, I'd staple the brown bandanas to the flyer and I'd hand them out to everybody at Olvera Street, on Whittier Boulevard, like different crew spots. And um, one day some OG told me, he says, hey, it might have been one of my dad's friends. He says, hey, it's cool that you're doing this. He said, but if you really want to do this, the best thing for you to do would be to join. Damn. That's how you support. Straight up to you? Straight up. How old were you? Uh, probably 15. 16 or 17 fuck yeah so i looked at him dead in the eyes and yeah my dad was right there i looked at my dad and my dad looked at me like well fuck yeah you know i mean he's right so that's when i started talking about it and i took my uh you know that little pre-asvab you do in high school i did that i failed the fuck out of it (laughs) (laughs) and uh, he, uh, I might've done it just to get out of class, but you know, in my mind I was, you know, I thought I was doing something, you know, um, fast forward, get through my senior year, more serious about going to the military now. Um, graduated fucking partied my ass off for a few months, gained a bunch of weight. I was just being a punk kid. And then, uh, finally went to the recruiting station at 18. Yeah. What a recruiting station. I think I was 18. I might have been 19, somewhere around there. But um, it was uh, Laguna Niguel, I think. Oh, shit. Okay. Damn. something like that. It's a trip. Does it, like, like, that was a crazy time in the world, like, 2004. Like, that. some shit was popping off. Like, did your dad ever, like, take it back and be like, nah, you don't have to do this? Or was he always about that? No, he was always about it, but... There was, there was no change in my mind because after that dude had told me, like, you know, the best thing you could do is join, 
um, 9-11 popped off right after that. And the thought was already in my head. And I remember eating pancakes on my mom's couch, you know, like first period time and uh, watching 9-11 happen, you know, the planes crashing and shit. And the whole time I was sitting on the couch, I thought, fuck, I got to go. I got to go now. So 9-11 was just kind of like the cherry on top. Like, yeah, I'm fucking going. Damn. So no no hesitation for you. Like, because you, you pretty much knew what you were getting into at that point. Yeah. I was signing up for everything that came with it. How did your parents respond when you told them, like, hey, this is real now. Like, it's just not me talking. I don't know. You know, they... I don't really remember like any tell them telling me anything in particular. Um, of course they were worried, you know, but, uh, I was on a mission. So you knew like hey, no, nothing's going to stop me. This is what I'm going to do. Yep. Does it, does it kind of just, I'm just thinking out loud, but like, does it, do you look at it different now that you have kids? Like, do you think like, fuck, like why didn't they tell me don't go like, or anything like that or not? Nah? No. Um, They never told me don't go. I think it's something they knew that I really wanted to do. And I think in the back of their minds, they also knew that he probably should go to the military before he fucking ends up in jail. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> They're like, this is the best thing for him. Yeah. Damn, dude. So what? So you Laguna Niguel and then what? Like ASVAB, you mentioned ASVAB. So everybody that knows that's kind of like a, a test to get into the military kind of gives you a score and kind of jobs. So what 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 jobs did you have offered to you? <laughs> you said you bombed the first one, so this is a fucking joke, man. So um, when my recruiter took me to take the real ASVAB, uh, where's that Fairfax? Fairfax by uh, LAX um, at the West End. Yeah. yeah. No, where where do we take the ASVAB? Yeah, it's in like it's in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Meps. Okay. So. Um, I, t I take the ASVAB and uh, I don't remember exactly how it works. I think they give you your score right afterwards and then offer you your job. I sat down with the coordinator, whoever they are, and they said, all right. Um, they offered me to be like a cook. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to clear things up, I think I got like a 17. Whoa. Or some, something like that. Something ridiculously low. So, like, he can make eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it was a cook or, like, some bath and laundry job. Whoa. And I stood up. I'm like, fuck that, dude. Like, I'm going to fight. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, you know? <laughs> I was done. I got up and I started to walk away. And he's like, no, 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 no sit down. He's like, let me, let me look and see what we got. And he's like, okay, how about a cannon crew member? I'm like, all right, cannons? Like, what is that? And he's like, you're going to shoot really big bullets really far. I was like, all right, cool. That was it. Fucking sold. Did he show you the video of, like, doing cool yeah. shit and all that? Yeah, all the cool videos. That's dope, man. And then, so, fuck, how long, what was your turnaround time like? Like, you, you picked your job, you, you got your job. Like, did you, were you one of those people that, like, you went straight to training? Or did you have to sit on your ass for a while? What was that like? So, we had to do uh, a UA that day. <laughs> then he said, I'm really gone. <laughs> a urine analysis, a drug yeah, test. And I, I fucking, I got a lower score on that than I did my ASVAB. <laughs> you were the first one to yeah. fail two tests in one day. Yeah, man. So 
my recruiter finds out. The guy's like, you got to call your fucking recruiter, bro. So I called him, Sergeant Stanfield, Satterfield. And um, I said, hey, man, this is what happened. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, and he was just pissed off because he had to drive all the way back from South County to fucking <laughs> L.A., you know. And uh, he's like, all right, fucking pack your shit, dude. Like, I'll come get you. Um, so I had to wait like a month. During that month, he came up with a plan. He's like, all right, well, look. He's like, I'm just going to PT you like four or five times a week. Um, that way we get you in shape and I can prove that you did like the PT program or whatever and you get your promotions. Um, so I did that. And when I signed up, I was already in E3. Um, yeah. Then after that, next time he dropped me off, it was, it was done. Family okay. came to visit, hung out. And then that was it, dude. Where, where did you go for training? Where'd you end up? Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Was that the first time you were on a flight? No. Oh, you've been on flights before? Yeah. I know I speak to a lot of veterans and like, dude, the first time I've ever been on a flight was fucking leaving to go to training and shit. Yeah. What was that whole experience like? Like training, like fucking leaving your family? I think that was like probably the first time you left your family and shit. That was the first time I left my family, dude. Yeah. Um, it was a trip, you know, but it was cool. I was along for the ride, dude. You know, I was just staying focused and I, I wanted to, I thought I was, you know, like when you're young private, you think you're just going to get shipped off to war. And that's ultimately what I wanted. But, um, you know, I did OSIT, so basic in your job training. Yeah. Forget how long it was. Um, but, yeah, then I got stationed at Lewis. That was cool. I think I was there for two, two or three years. Fort Lewis, Washington. Mm -hmm. And then, whoa, shit. And then did you, so you ended up deploying? Did you end up deploying after that? Yeah. That was after two years at Lewis? Yep. Oh, fuck. So you guys sat, you guys chilled for a while. You guys were like a. Yeah. So I was supposed to deploy a year earlier. I was part of 3rd Brigade, but I got into some shit and they kicked me out of the unit. And they sent me to 4th Brigade. So 4th Brigade was just standing up. It was a brand new brigade. So uh, we, we just had to go through the whole training process and all that shit again, which is another year-ish. And then we deployed. I think it's fair to say that Danny and I both want to know what that shit you got into was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would you like to know, Danny, yeah. what that shit was that he got into? <laughs> all right, You can't just breeze over that. Me and Danny looked yeah. at each other like, tell us more. <laughs> yeah. So it's... It was just something immature and stupid, Fred. Um, I got in a fight with some dude, and um, you know things just did not go well for him. I, I went a little overboard, and uh, they told me, you know, they they scare tactic me, you know, we're gonna kick you out of the army, blah blah blah, or you can just go to this new brigade. They're standing <laughs> up down the street, and I was like, I'll I'll go down the street, you know. Yeah, wartime military. Yeah. They weren't kicking out nobody, bro. They yeah, needed everybody. They <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that did that kind of delay? Is that why it delayed it out a year? Another year? Yeah, it delayed it out another year, but everything everything worked out, you know, because I was able to be by myself um, and, uh, like, really be part of a unit that is, like, building and learning together. Uh, the first unit, they were all coming back from Iraq. You know, everybody already knew what was going on. Um, I think the train up was ultimately better for me. Bunch of salty motherfuckers. Yeah. 
And then uh, how how was it deploying? Where'd you go? Where, where what part of the world were you at? I uh, went to Iraq. How long was your deployment? Fifteen months. Fuck, you got one of the long ones. Yeah, I actually got stop lost like four or five months into my deployment. What was Iraq like at that time? What year was that in? Oh seven. What was Iraq like in two thousand and seven? What was the first day like? That's what I want to know. Like, that's always like the the plane ride over. Like, what was that like? So my, the first like two or three months of my deployment was super chill because I went uh, torch party, which was before Advon. So we were there super early. Um, they gave us a govy. We would, we were, uh, we'd be cruising around camp Arif John in Kuwait. You know, midnight chow, playing pool all day, <laughs> working out, fucking off. Um, first couple months was cool. And then I think we flew from Kuwait into Iraq. Uh, a lot of people convoy out there. A lot of people fly too. But, yeah, we flew. And um, I don't remember the first day. No. Just kind of like a blur, right? Yeah. What uh, What was your mind state at? Like, Cause you talked about when you went into the military, you were like this fucking gun home or go with the flow. Like did shit get real where you were like, what the fuck did I really get into? Um, I don't, I don't remember when that happened in the beginning. I do remember the first time I thought that though. And that wasn't, I think we were already there. Like we were actually in country Iraq. I don't remember for how long, but, um, they sent us to Camp Taji first. And um, the area they sent us to, it was, uh, according to the unit that we were doing our right seat rides with, it was already pretty hot. Dudes were getting fucking blown up and random ambushed and shit like that. They had a couple of J-cops in a couple of different cities. And um, when we were doing right seat rides, I remember uh, the TC that was sitting in front of me um, on the headset, he was like, oh yeah. He's like, you see that hole right there? He's like, so-and-so got blown up right here last week. And that just the words kind of got to me. And then when I looked out the window and I saw the crater, I thought, holy shit. What the fuck? Yeah. And that's when it got pretty surreal. What happens next? Um, after they handed over the AO to us, we were on a little J-Cop. AO uh, is a area of operation, like the area that you'd be working in pretty much mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Um, and we were like, we were right in the city. And we were just doing patrols. Um, we'd get hit every now and then with the IEDs. Our truck was the first one to get hit in our unit, in our battalion, I think. And that was kind of a trip. Um we started doing mounted patrols for a while, and then uh, we were on foot a lot, just walking through town. And then when you say hit uh, your truck, so like the Humvee or the military vehicle you were in got uh, ran over a bomb and like got, got blown up or got hit. Is that what you is that what you mean by that? Yeah. What the fuck is that like? Man, like being in the what what position were you like in the driver's seat in the back? I was a dismount. I was sitting behind the TC. Um, with your headset on, it, it wasn't that loud. The IED that we hit wasn't that big, but, um, it just sounded like a small explosion cause we had our headset on and shit, you know? 
Um, but when we went to go look at the crater the next day, it was pretty good size. Yeah, just chaos, or was it just like, what? What is your mind like? What does your mind go through on that? Is it like, you know, training? The purpose of training is to replicate battlefield operations, right? Like to replicate that happening. You, you train and you go over all these drills, but like when it actually happens, is it like? Do you really resort back to training or you're like, what the fuck? You know, like what goes through your mind? The first one, hell no. We didn't know what the, we didn't know if a tire popped. We didn't know if something was thrown at the truck. We didn't know what the hell it was. You hey know dog, I mean? got a like, flat. Yeah. Um, so we just kept driving back to the cop, you know, and then when we got back, the hood was all fucked up and the bumper was all messed up. And we're like, oh shit. You know? Does she get real then? Like, do, do you, cause I, I would imagine like you going out, doing this work, nothing happening. It's kind of like, hey, fuck, nothing's going to happen. But then when it does happen, does it change your perspective? Like, do you have a little fear next time you go? Like, what's that like? Yeah. I mean, there's fear, but not like the type of fear that's going to stop you from doing something, you know? It, I get, it's probably better to say worry, you know? I was more worried than scared. Just worried for your your, your people and yourself and. Yeah, like. I get my fucking leg blown off. Yes. You know? That would have been cool. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. So, yeah, that seems terrifying. Like, I, I know probably for you, you lived it. It's like, it's it sounds like it's normalized. But, like, for you, Fred, hearing that, like, driving down the street in another country and then fucking your vehicle gets blown up. What does that sound like to you, like, hearing this? I don't even know. Like, it just doesn't, like, I don't know. Sounds pretty scary, huh? Yeah. Yeah, even for me. Like, that, that's that's, how old were you? Uh, 21, I think. Damn, so you were a fucking youngster, man. Yeah. What month was that in? Like, how, how deep were you? Actually, in? no, I think I was, I mean, it's it's that ballpark, you know, 22, 23, something like that. Did the deployment kind of uh, ever mellow out, or did it just ramp up after that? Um, Yeah, it mellowed out a little bit. We had, like, a like this lame-ass route security uh, mission for a while. And uh, we wouldn't ride in anybody else's convoys, but we had, like, our own AO, and we were supposed to keep the road safe, you know what I mean? All we were was IED magnets because we were the only assholes driving up and down the road all day and night. I was going to say, that's, like, the shittiest job, right? Like, hey, go drive down this street and make sure, like, nothing blows up. But if it does, thank you so that we know the next person. (laughs) You got the fucking 13 Bravo right there, bro. You should have scored higher in your tests, bro. You should have studied. And then did, did, did for your you said you did dismounted patrols too. What was that like? Just cruising through cities, checking things out. Yeah, that that part was cool. You know, like interacting with the community. You know, and like being able to look other men in the eye. You know, and other men and women and kids and everybody. You know, I think that's way better because one, it's easier to make a relationship, and two, you know, if you can catch on to vibes and you know, like read people's looks and whatnot. Um, it gives you kind of a better idea of what's going to happen or kind of what's going on, you know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You get that, that, that real life shit, right? It's not just yeah. cruising by. I know I talk to a lot of veterans, man. And, and sometimes the, the vets I talk to are always like, I, I really didn't care about anything, but like the people that I was with, like the relationships that I built while being in the military, I'm, I'm sure you've established some pretty good relationships with some of those people you're in those yep. fucked up times with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what 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 were what were those relationships like at that time? Like, um, so at that time, I mean, you know, everybody sit and talk shit when you're off, you know, compare stories, whatever. 
smoking and joking. They say smoking and joking. <laughs> right? yeah. Good yeah. When did uh when did it uh fifteen months is a long ass time. Like that's a yeah. long fucking time. When did it start to wear on you? Where you were like, "Fuck, dude, I need to get the fuck out of here." Um, that started to wear on me. It was kind of instant. Um, fast forward a little bit into the deployment, we got sent to a different AO, Diala Province, and that was at uh, Fob Warhorse, is where all of our equipment was. Um, but the cop was in the middle of the city, and that's where we spent most of our time. Uh, it was pretty hot out there. Um, tons of dismounted patrols, tons of door kicking, lots of shooting. Um, one day we were on a mission, and a couple of the guys got hit. I was super close. Should have gotten hit. Um, but just got lucky, dude. You know? So from that point on, I remember I stayed up three days straight af- after that, like during that mission. And... uh I had become an NCO during that time, so I had my own team. Uh, my team was fucking badass. But um, I just stayed up for three days, dude. Like, I'm thinking, like, fuck, dude. Somebody from my team's going to get fucked up. You know, like, I got to be awake. Just nonstop. You couldn't sleep? Just running shit running through your mind? I didn't want to sleep. Didn't even try. It was just natural, you know? Fuck, man. And when you say your boys, you know, some of the people that you served with got hit, was that through, like, with, uh, like, gunfire type of stuff? No. Um, we were walking down a road, a road that EOD had cleared probably two or three times uh, in the couple hours leading up to this. Um, our turp, it was, like, our last little point we had to, you know, cross off. And uh, we were walking over there. And our turp stepped on uh, what's the little brush wire IEDs. And you say turp, you're interpreter, so it's like a Iraqi local national that would go with you guys to translate. Yeah. And what did, was that? A, was that a bad one? That was a bad one. Yeah. It was a buried one five five round. Pretty good. Fuck, dude. Yeah. And then you were, you were pretty close to that. You saw that firsthand. Yeah, dude. I was like, I was very, I was <laughs> within. 25 meters how do you process that like how, how do you how do you how do you like see something like that happen and then i i would imagine right like you see that happen you just have to focus on the next mission so you kind of bury it in your head is that is that um i think that's where the training kicks in you know that was instant um i remember seeing the whole thing you know the big splash of dirt fly up in the air I remember seeing the turp go flying over a tree, um, and then it knocked me on my ass. And when I sat back up, I remember seeing a couple of the guys laying in the middle of the road, all fucked up. So, yeah, we bandaged them up, called in a medevac, and got them out. Well, what what's that like going back to your? Because you were at a fob, like you you had, you were at a fob, a cop. Yeah, we were at a cop, just a little small outpost in the middle of the city. So what's it, what, how, how do you, like, I always I always think about this, like, how do how do people decompress after, like, what do you do? You go back to your cop and you just sit there and think about it, or do you just fucking go right back into, like... that? See, that's a loaded one right there, dude. That's something that they need to figure out, you know? What did you do? Um, oh, I remember what I did. So after the guys got hit, the mission was still going on for another two or three days. 
all we wanted to do was get back to the fob because Sarno, myself, had mail. <laughs> okay. Well, it's like Blues Clues when mail comes in. Huh? Yes. <laughs> so all we wanted to do was get back to the fob. We weren't really, you know, I mean, you're a fucking little, you know, you're just fucking horny for whatever comes your way. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't think nothing of it. Yeah, it was fucked up. Um, everybody was kind of moping around for a couple of days, but, you know, we were waiting on mail. And I knew my dad was sending me a package. And dad's packages are always good. <laughs> so mom, mom's packages are full of snacks, right? All the good snacks you ate when you were like 10 years old. <laughs> the ones she really Shout remembers. out to all the moms, man. <laughs> yeah. Dad's packages. Grown man snacks. Yes are full of booze. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, we went back to, uh, Warhorse. We're supposed to be off for a couple of days. So everybody's just thinking we're going to get fucking wasted. Well, as soon as we got there, somebody was nice enough to leave everybody's mail on their bed, which is a rare occurrence. So we started drinking right away. How did pops package, uh, your man snacks? He would love this story. Um, he would put a bottle or two or three in a box. Well, he would spray foam. He'd spray foam in the box, and then he would set the bottles in the box, and then he would spray foam over the bottles. And then he would just ship it. So I never got picked up by x-ray or anything like that, anything crazy? Nope. I never did the Listerine bottles or shampoo bottles, none of that shit. Yeah, the Listerine ones were rough. Yeah, I know. They were terrible. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. Just, yeah, one time I had a, yeah, that shit is rough. But you smell delicious afterwards, so that's kind of a thing. Yeah, Where did your pops, did you ever ask your pops or him just thinking about his boy like, hey, man, I know he needs this right now? Nah, he told me from the jump, dude. Like, I'm going to fucking send you some booze. I'll send you some shit. I thought, all right, cool. He went through with it. Oh, yeah, multiple times. Yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah? Yeah. That's crazy, man. That's dope, man. That's a dope story right there. Pops was like, I know exactly what he needs right now. Your mom was like, he needs goldfishes and <laughs> yeah. fucking cinnamon toast crunch. And your dad was like, nah, <laughs> I know yeah. exactly what he yeah. needs right now. Yeah. We know how we're going to bring him back. And then, so that's like mid-deployment. Well, what was the back end of it? Did it did it, did it continue to ramp up and get pretty dicey or, or did it kind of settle down? What was that What was that piece like? Yeah, it got, got a little weird for a while. Um. That during that week actually is when uh, it got pretty bad, and that was just because um, that night when we got our mail and we started drinking, my fucking radio. I still had my radio on; should have turned it off. But my radio was going off, and they're like, "Hey, like, you know, you guys at Warhorse, you need to come back out here and pick so and so up." So we're like, "Fuck, we got to drive back out there. We're already fucking drunk." So I thought, fuck it, dude. My guys are legit. We'll make it happen. So we get we get in the Humvee. I was the only one in the battery, maybe even the battalion that kept my Humvee. Everybody else got MRAPs. We get in the Humvee. Told my driver, I said, hey, dude, fucking hauling ass there. I'm hauling ass back. So we're flying down the road. I think my gunner had like his PTs on. Or some shit, you know what I mean? And um, we're like top speed in the fucking Humvee. And there's a corner that you had to go around 
and there's a, a piece of K rail, you know, like the shit they have on the freeway, big concrete barrier. And it was right in the middle of the road. And the reason why the Iraqi police put it there was just to kind of slow people down and who, who knows, right? Well, my driver saw it coming up, so he swerves left and then he swerves right. And then the Humvee, you know, they're so heavy. He tried to overcorrect and swerve back the other way. And then we fucking rolled. Oh, fuck. So we fucking rolled the Humvee. I think it rolled like two times and then landed upside down and we like spun around. I was in the uh, passenger seat, front passenger seat, and I ended up in the back seat behind the driver, upside down, like where you put your feet in that little open area under the seat. And that's a tight fucking fit. Yeah, I I had my full kit on too. So I got knocked out. I slammed my head against the door, I think. And uh, I woke up down there. And uh, I woke up. What woke me up was the sound of the Humvee. It was like revving, like hitting the rev letter, uh, limiter. I thought, holy shit, like this thing's going to fucking catch on fire. Something's going to happen. So I look over and the first thing I see is my gunner and he's sitting on the asphalt. Well, the truck's upside down. So he's still in the hatch technically, but sitting on his ass. You know, like, whoa, what the fuck happened? So all of a sudden, uh, my buddy, he just, you know, reached in and yanked me out. And it was just a one-vehicle convoy when you guys went out? It was just you guys, or you guys had people with there you? Was a, there was an MRAP behind us. Oh, shit, okay. So they saw it happen. Yeah. And um, I remember getting out and looking around, and there was shit everywhere. Like, all, we had a bunch of extra rifles and shit in the back, you know? And, um, they were all over the street. They were scattered all over. There's fucking AT4s laying in the middle of the road, fucking AKs, rounds everywhere, fucking grenades all over the place. And, uh, the one thing that stuck out to me was a bottle of booze that somebody brought with them from my fucking mail. It was sitting right there in the middle of the fucking street, dude. (laughs) And, uh, so obviously that gets picked up first. Well, I ran over and grabbed it, and I threw it onto oncoming traffic. So, yeah, that was that. I don't remember if we made it to back out to the cop or not. Um, I fucked up my head pretty good. Were you? Did you have a concussion? Did you think you got a concussion? Yeah, I definitely did. When we got back to the FOB, um, I went to sleep. I woke up like a day and a half later. Holy shit. Yeah. Did you ever get checked for that? Like, did anybody ever come and be like, yo, let's do some tests on you? I should have. But I didn't want them to take me out of work, you know. So I didn't. I didn't get checked. Um, I did several years later at the VA. And they were like, "Yeah, your head got hit pretty hard." Yeah, they were like, "You see this area right here? I got like a fucking gray spot in my brain because of that." Mm-hmm. Damn, dude! And how does that vehicle get back upright? Like, did they come in recovery, and or you just I don't, don't remember. remember? I don't remember. So all you remember is getting that bottle, throwing it in traffic, and then waking up two days, a day and a half later. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. That's wild, man. Yeah. Everybody survived that? No other major injuries? Everyone is good. Did you did you get did you guys get into any sh- any like shit because of that? any ramifications? Anything no, like that? No, man. I don't know how it worked out, but that that other truck that was behind us, um, they they fucking told a hell of a story. <laughs> you know? It was the Wild West, bro. Yeah. That's crazy, man. What do you what do you think about when you hear that? Like hearing your dad being in an accident like that is that like is that the first time you've ever heard that? Yeah, 
What what would go? I'm just curious. Like, sounds like something he'd still do now. <laughs> so I'm not really like surprised. Epic answer. And then how old are you right now, Danny? Twelve. So that's in ten old. in ten years, like that like that's how old he was when he was going through that. What what do you just think of like when you hear this? Because I see you kind of just taking it in and listening. Like what goes through your mind? You know, I'm just curious on that. Nothing. It's just that's Joey Ornelas. Like. Joey. <laughs> that's my dad. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy, dude. And then how, what, 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 uh, that, so that's like a major head injury. You know, I know you kind of, we kind of breeze over, but like that's traumatic as fuck. What does the rest of your deployment look like after that? Like, did you guys slow down and then end up back or you still got through some shit after that? Yeah, we still, we still did some shit. Still got, you know, fucking hit a couple more IDs, fucking my usual. It sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like that was a long fucking 15 months, bro. When did you get R&R? Was it early or like end of the cycle? Dude, I was lucky. I got to go on Christmas. Oh, no. And where was that in relation to your deployment? Like halfway point? Where was that at? Um, December, January, March. I think when I came back, we had like six months left. Oh, so kind of a good, you needed it. Yeah, it was perfect timing. What was R&R like? Because like, like, think about that. Like just for a normal person, right? Like you're going, you're in this place. You're going through all this crazy shit, right? Like fucking flipping vehicles and fucking bombs going off, right? It's, it's really mind-boggling when you think about it. Like all this crazy shit. And then you're like, okay, time out. I'm going to go take a two-week break. And I'm just going to go transplant it right back into, where'd you go back to? Back here, Lake Forest. So you just <laughs> go through all this crazy shit in this wild land. Yeah. Then you just land in Lake Forest for two weeks. What, what was your R&R like? Was it like... um. Fuck, dude. I don't really remember. You know, I, I know for sure I spent a good amount of time with my family and, like, my closest boys, you know. I'm assuming I probably just came home and got fucked up all the time and just had a good old time. You know what I mean? Not in a bad way. Had a yeah. good time with the family and friends. For sure. You know? Is that, like, for someone that goes through that, like, do you, if you remember, do you come back and are you even... Do you even have the energy or do you even have, like, the desire? Because I'm sure people were asking, like, what's it like over there? What, yeah. What's going on? Do you even talk about that shit? Or are you just like, yeah, it's cool? Yeah, you talk about it, you know? But it's like, you know your timeline. You know, it's like, bro, I only got two weeks. Like, I don't want to sit here and talk about this shit I have to go back to. You know what I mean? So it was just small talk here and there, and that was it. Sound like looking back at that shit, it sounds so like it's it's pretty silly, you know what I mean? In my opinion, like to be going through that and then just like, yeah, fucking go home and just be a normal dude for two weeks and then come right back. Yeah, like I think about it for me, I was like, dude, why did I even go back, dude? No <laughs> just, shit, huh? like, dude. dude, there's so many people that go AWOL on their leave during deployment, you know what I mean? At least, like, dude, I'm gonna do an extra four days, dude. Like, what are you guys gonna do? Yeah, you know? yeah. Damn, and then you 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 come back and you're on the back end of it. A couple months left, six months left. Did it did it fuck you up? Like being on break for two weeks and like, did you lose an edge? I didn't lose an edge. I was stoked to get back. See, just to catch up with the the community, right? The the, the boys. Yeah. What was it like on the back end of the deployment? Um. It was there was still some stuff that happened, you know, but uh, we we chilled out quite a bit. Good man. Fuck, and then 15 months, dude. Like, whoever made that timeline, that was a ridiculous amount of time to be doing anything, right? Like, 15 yeah. months straight. But what was your, your transition back, back to Fort Lewis? Yeah, we went back to Lewis. Um, 
back to Lewis, dude. You know, I was stoked to be back just because, you know, the close calls and shit. I thought, you know what, dude, I got, I got a fucking daughter at home, dude. Like, I can't be fucking around no more. Like, I'll chill out while I'm still here. So you, at that time, you already had your, your oldest daughter. Yeah. How old was she at that time? Uh, I think Mariah was four or five. Oh, fuck. So you, you had her before you left to Iraq. Mm-hmm. Damn. And then when you come back and you reunite with her, what's that like? Because I know how big your daughters are for oh, you. Oh, dude. That was everything. That's all I wanted. What was it like? What was it like? Like the first time? Like, do you, was it like one of those movies and shit? You know how you see those movies, Danny's? Like when they come back and yeah. the daughter comes running up with the sign and shit? Was it like that? Or was she just like, what's up, fool? No, it was like that. Was it really? That's no. dope, man. Yeah. We were in, uh, now whoever listens to this might remember, but I think, nah, never mind. I, I want to say the gym was called Waller Hall or something like that, but I think that was like the end processing center. Anyways, um, you know, we took a bus or whatever and we go to the gym and that's like our welcome home ceremony. Mariah, I'm, I'm pretty sure she did have a sign. That's so cool. Dude. Um, but she was wearing ACUs as well. Cutest fucking thing ever, dude. I still have them. Damn. Yeah. She got to give me the chills when you said that. That's fucking. Yeah. And then what stupid question. I know it's obvious, but like w- when you see her like going through all that and surviving all that shit and then you see her like what is just pure ecstasy? Like you just fucking hug her? Like what's that like? Yeah. Yeah, dude. That was, I mean, like the ultimate fulfillment, you know, because we were doing stupid shit during deployment. Um, and after the close calls, you know, it kind of puts things, puts your life in perspective for you. Like, look, yeah, you can fuck around here as much as you want, but you probably won't go home. So that's why I was saying, you know, I buckled down, stopped fucking off because I wanted to get back home to Mariah. What was that like? Like getting back, like settled in a couple of weeks? Like, was it just... It was great, dude. Because one thing about you, dude, like one thing that I've always noticed about you is like, I mean, today's a perfect example, but like you roll with them. Like you roll with your daughters. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, every time I kick you, I've <laughs> seen you. Like, so that was like your new little gunner. Like, hey, Mariah, we're doing yeah, this. Dude, really. That little trigger puller. And you just, she was on your hip, just cruising with you everywhere. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Always. What What are some memories of, of her at that age? Because she's a grown-ass woman now, right? <laughs> she's she's yeah. old. How old is your sister, Danny? She turns 19 this year. Oh yeah, she out there. She older, is she OG yeah, in the game? Yeah. But at that age, she's what five? Mm-hmm. What What are like some memories that you remember of her at five <laughs> compared to like nineteen now? You know. Um. So some of the juicy ones first. Um. The day before I deployed, when I was still at Lewis, um, my mom and dad, and my stepdad and Mariah, they all came to see me. And uh, my mom and stepdad, they were in a hotel. And um, I went over there to hang out, and me and Mariah, we we played the entire time, you know, wrestling on the bed, throwing her across the room onto the <laughs> bed, you know what I mean? Like, um, that was a really great memory. Um, and then when I came home on leave, another great memory, you've probably seen this picture, it's on all my social stuff. Um, I was in the airport, I was at John Wayne, and Mariah was there to say bye, you know, and um, I was giving her a hug, and that was like our final goodbye. That one was rough for me, you know. Um, and then when I came back, you know, like I said, I was just fucking stoked. 
to be with her. Yep. Reunited. Yep. Reunited. That's, That's dope, it, man. That's it. What, uh, fuck, dude. And then you just get in, like, you just get out of the army and just fucking live a normal life, huh? You're like, hey, dude, thank you for your service. Fucking. Yeah. It was tough because I ETS'd, like, a month or two after we got back from deployment. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Whoever co-signed that was a fucking dude, idiot. The whole fucking, <laughs> like, like, you know, you come back from deployment, like, oh, yeah, we got to go to mental health today. We got to go to mental health. You know, you got fucking first starting with a heart on, you know. I did do shit. Yeah, it's you set know? up not to do shit because then if you, yeah. Dude, like, that that's one thing that, that they really need to figure out better, you know. Yeah, man, and whoa, fuck, dude, that's that's crazy. Fifteen months of that coming back to your daughter was. Did you did you see like did you start to see anything that you experienced uh, while deployed, like kind of creep into your life at that time? Like just, um, I didn't, I didn't do like you know you hear all these vets, you know, and everybody's different, so for sure things may be fucked up for them. Um, but I didn't do like I had a couple, you know, a couple things that scared me or, you know, got weird on the road or road rage and all that kind of shit. But uh, I shook it pretty quick. It was hard, though, you know, like not being with the, like all of a sudden, just not being with the boys I had been with, you know. Did you, were you one of the people that like you get out and then you link back up with like your high school homies or did you kind of isolate like you're a wolf shit? Um, I, I think I isolated pretty good, but I have a, I have a couple of homies that I'm really, really tight with that you've met, you know, yeah. uh, Miles and Justin. Yeah, you link back up with them and shit. Um. Yeah, they helped me a lot, you know, but uh, the one thing that kept me, like, based and grounded was Mariah. Why is that? Because I had to be a dad. It was game time. You know, like, time to get her in sports, time to do this, time to do that. Let's go play. Let's do this. Let's everything. And that's exactly what we did. What's your, what was your favorite, like, what is, at that time, what was your favorite part of being a dad? know I, I don't know if there's there's one thing that was my favorite you know i mean there's probably like a really good touching answer somebody can give for this but uh my favorite part of being a dad was being present and being part of everyday life and watching her grow and knowing that she's gonna improve at everything she fucking did yeah, <laughs> you say that shit, you look me dead in my eye like she fucking yeah, did. she fucking did. Dude. Where did you see her improving? Because what was the first sport you put her in? Because I know she's a fucking multi-talented athlete. The the first sport was uh, soccer. And um, Time out, time out. Why is Danny laughing right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw her look away and chuckle, so I need, to, I need to hear this. Why? We were never a fan of soccer. Oh, you guys didn't know that she didn't do no. soccer? So it was one of those things like, yo, Pops knows this is good for you. You're going to do soccer. Yeah. So there, there's a, a method to the madness, right? Um, of course, you know, get into soccer first. Learn how to play with other kids. Learn how to use your feet. Learn, you know, your situational awareness, coordination, all that kind of shit. Soccer was never something that I was going to keep her in. Just a stepping stone. So she did that for a year or two. You can give her shit about that. Next time you talk to her. <laughs> what was her <laughs> what was her next sport after soccer? Uh soccer, she went into boxing. Oh fuck, that's where she excelled on. Huh? I've seen that's some videos do that. Did she dig it? Did she want to do it? No. Oh no. No. <laughs> she did not want to do it because 
you know, little Mariah, uh, very quiet and shy, uh, not very talkative, um, but very happy, you know, very creative and fun and cute and cuddly and awesome. So I was telling her like, hey, you know, you're going to be a very pretty girl when you're older. You need to learn how to defend yourself. <laughs> and at five years old, she, you're six, whatever it was, she didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> she didn't want to do it. She didn't want to do it. I don't want to go. I said, okay, look, give me three months. If you don't like it after three months, we'll switch. We'll do something else. Well, during that three months, you know, she was very standoffish, very shy at the beginning. The boys would fucking wail on her. <laughs> um, and she would just take it, dude. She's got a head like a rock, you know. Um, so one day they were sparring. And this is after months of training um, and tons of sparring. Um, she threw a punch that landed perfectly. And I remember she was in the ring when she did it. And... I was on the side of the ring, like yelling at her, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and when she connected with that punch, her hands were, st her guard was still up and she had her headgear on and she like looked over at me, like through her headgear, you know, like still kind of covering her face, like barely looked at me. Like I just fucking did that from that day on. It was over. She fell in love with it. She fell in love with it. How I don't know if she fell in love with it. She got damn good at it. How does that feel to be like to to see your daughter fucking just bah? Just badass. Yeah. It was fucking badass, dude. Yeah. That's dope, man. What do you do you have any uh are there any traits of Mariah that remind you of yourself or like any any similarities between you two? Hold on, I wanna I wanna I, I keep on responding to reactions. So what do all of them. You, oh really? I wanna <laughs> I wanna hear the daughter's perspective. Tell me, bro. All of it is exactly the same. Yo, tell me more, dude. The looks, the attitude, the everything do you trip out sometimes when you see your daughter or your sister then your pops yeah what are what what are some things <laughs> like exactly specifically like if you'll say something they'll both give you the same exact like what and like the same exact <laughs> response do, do you do you see that like from your perspective similarities no i don't oh really no i mean everybody says that <laughs> everybody uh i don't know that's a trip, dude. So fucking, that's crazy. That, I, she sees it right when I said that. She was like, shit. Everything. <laughs> yeah. She's like, everything. Very similar. And then what, boxing? And then what uh, What? What did she kind of get into? What did she evolve into after that? Uh, she was in boxing for a few years. And um, she, was, she was good. And um, there came a point where I'm like, fuck, I, I want her to do more. You know, like... I can get her to do more, you know, learn more. Um, so I got her into lacrosse. Oh, fuck. Um, I don't want to say I got her into lacrosse because I think it was her decision. Um, that's what it was. She wanted to do something. She, I think she wanted to do more, you know, and every other sport was just going to be too soft for her. So we thought, okay, lacrosse. You know, you watch boys play lacrosse, and it's like, oh, fuck, these dudes get down. Girls lacrosse is not like that. But we learned that later. Um, she did good. She did really good in lacrosse. 
where does young Danny, the Fred, uh, aka Ted, come into the picture? Where, like, in in relation to Mariah, Mariah like following her, her, her like, wh- when she was doing the cross, was uh, Fred already around, causing hell? Um, too confused after she started the cross. Yeah, I think that was after, um, two thousand nine, and this was wait, know, she was born two thousand nine. Yeah. Um, God dang, you young. Yeah, Dan, Danny was around. Just a little baby. What uh, what what do you remember about her her birth? Was it like what was that like? Um, I feel like I'm saying um too much. I hate doing that. But Danny's birth, she was born at Newport Hogue. In a badass room that overlooked the ocean, okay, on a beautiful Danny, day. I see you, Danny. Okay. <laughs> And when she came out, she was screaming her ass off, and she hasn't stopped since. <laughs> Is that accurate, Danny? Yes. <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, damn, so two daughters at this point. You got two of them running around. Yeah. Damn. That sounds like fucking... Is that why you lost your hair? Yeah. Oh, okay. It all makes sense That's now. That's your fault, Danny. What was Danny like <laughs> as, a young, as a young buck? What was Danny like? Danny... Man, Danny was, is, and always has been awesome, you know? Um, You know, when she came out, she, I was the first person to hold her. She slept with me that night, which I learned is a big no-no. Like, I didn't want nobody touching her. I didn't want nobody looking at her. I didn't want nothing. Like, that was my girl. She grew up going to the gym, watching her sister spar, watching her play lacrosse. Oh, so you would take her you at all, at all the events? Yeah. Yeah. There's Danny running around. I remember I had to, I would have to watch Danny and Mariah, you know, so I would, I'd leave Danny like in her car seat and I'd bring her in and I'd set her on the chair <laughs> and she'd just be sitting there tripping out on all the kids running around, you know? Um. And then finally she started running around and meeting everybody and, you know, punching and kicking the bags and just being a little shit. Um, it, it's been extremely fun with Danny because Danny has always been her own person. She's always been in her own world, says what she wants, when she wants. She's sassy. She's loud. She's fun. She's creative. She's beautiful. She's all that. Any similarities that you see with her that, that from yourself? Like any any traits? That's the same thing, you know, like everybody says everybody says so. Um what do you think? You got anything? I feel like it's still just the attitude. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? Tell me more. I don't know. It's like his response to most things are always like like I'll think that too, but like I won't say it, but it's like I thought exactly what you just said. Oh, for real? Does it trip you out sometimes? Not not really, but like, I'll notice it. You'll notice it and you just be like, shit, I was thinking that too. That's crazy. <laughs> Do people tell you that there's a lot of similarities between you two as well? Yeah. Like your mom, your dad, everybody like that. Yeah, yeah everybody that knows us. What are some memories of her growing up? Like, Do you have any like uh, milestone moments, like kind of like what you talked about with uh, Mariah? Yeah. Um, I always loved seeing her leaning on the ring and watching Mariah's bar. 
uh, she used to set up like our gloves and our shoes. Oh, that's dope. And um, <clears throat> she had her own little pair of boxing gloves. But she would set them up. She'd put like, she'd put mine there and Mariah's there and then like hers between them. Um, just that kind of cute little girl stuff was always awesome. Do you remember any of that doing that? Nope. No. Do you remember watching your sister like when she would do all her sports stuff? A little bit. What do you what do you what do you remember of that? Like what do you think about? I mostly remember her doing lacrosse, but I honestly didn't really care to pay attention to it. I was doing my own thing. I was running around trying to do cartwheels, doing whatever. What uh, sports have you been doing growing up? Like, what are, what are some things that you dig? Um, I started with soccer, but I don't, I don't like that. I see a common theme here, man. They don't dig soccer, bro. <laughs> All that running around, they're like, man, fuck this, you know? Yeah. Um, after that, I started rugby. And then I stopped that for a while. I did cheer. Then I got back into it, and I did volleyball. Then I went back to rugby. Then I stopped because of him. What's been your favorite sport so far that you've like rugby? Done? Rugby. What do you like about rugby? That's a fucking. That's it. I get to sport. hit boys like as hard <laughs> as I want to. So you dig that? You like that? It's a physical ass sport, bro. It is. I watch rugby sometimes, and I'm like, fuck that. No helmets, nothing. Yeah. What do you like about just hitting boys? Like you just you just enjoy it. Yeah, like I let out anything like all of my anger just all comes out when i'm on the field all of it what position did you play in rugby um i was mostly wing wing so those are the people that try to get the get the i don't want to say the terms wrong but the ball in essentially yeah they're on the outside she was play wing prop why rugby how did how did they get into rugby um rugby was actually mariah's idea and when she mentioned to me, I thought, holy shit, hell yeah, we're doing this. Um, so the way it started is uh, Mariah wanted to fight, right? She'd, she'd been training for so long. She knew she was good. Everybody knew she was good. But we were never really training for her to, like, prepare for a fight, you know? Um, we got her a sparring match with this girl who – at the time when we go to the, when we got to the gym, her coach was like, "Oh no, like she's just a beginner. She has no fights. She has nothing." Um, I'm like, "Okay, cool. Like neither does my daughter, you know." And she's, I think she's 12, and um, this girl got the best of her. Mariah, Mariah did fucking great. She wasn't used to fighting, sparring with classic boxers. Um, the girl got the best of Mariah. Turns out the girl was like. 15 or 16 years old, had all kinds of medals, fucking won all kinds of shit, whatever. Um, so I was super proud of Mariah for, like, not giving up. You know, she got her ass beat, and she beat that other girl's ass too. Um, so she she became kind of down from that. So we took a little bit of time off of boxing, and then, you know, one week turned into two weeks, and then a month, and then two months, and then I'm giving her shit like, hey, you need to do something, blah, blah, blah. One day we were laying on the couch together, and uh, we were watching TV, and a rugby match came on. And out of nowhere, she's like, hey, do you think they have that sport for me? And I fucking lit up. I thought, we're going to find out. So we found a team in Irvine, signed her up. She excelled immediately. 
And then that was it. She just that took off it. from there. That was it. She was a fucking monster. Dude, I, I, I can't relate to you, right? Because I don't have any kids. But, like, what's it like raising two girls? Like, is, is that, like, when, when they ask those questions, like, do you have any concern of, like, safety? Oh, yeah. But it's kind of like, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do this. Yeah, you know, like, the whole, the whole safety aspect, yeah, that, that's a big deal. But, you know, it's like, as an athlete, you know, if you prepare properly and you train properly and stuff like that, you shouldn't be as prone to injuries. So we would train a lot. We'd, we'd work out a lot. Um, eat right for the most part. We would did everything pretty good. And then just ran through because all three of those sports are, I didn't even know, but like women's soccer or soccer in period, that's a lot of head injuries in that. Like, mm-hmm. So that's dope though, man. I have a serious question for you, Danny. This is like a deep one, though, so I need you to take a deep breath and prepare for this, all right? What's your favorite cereal? Do you have a favorite cereal? Cookie crisps. Cookie crisps? I like that. Do you prefer waffles or pancakes or French toast? Pancakes. Pancakes? Do you like hard-boiled eggs or scrambled eggs? Either. You don't like eggs? You're not a fan of eggs? Only if they're, like, over easy. Over easy. That's right. All right. Cool, man. Man, it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool to see the perspective. And, you know, the the whole goal of this is, like, having these conversations and then looking back on them one day, right? Collecting these conversations yeah. and seeing where you're at right now. So I want to ask you some, uh, what are you, right now, where you're at in your life? What, like, w- do you have a goal? Like, what would you like to be when you get older? What are some things that fascinate you? Um, I really, I ask myself that question a lot, too. And I'm really in between by, like, three different things. I really, like, I've been told by my dad, by my mom, randomly, like, just random people that I'm so gorgeous that I could be a model if I really tried to. Okay. And it's oh, really okay. something that's sticking with me right now, and I'm really thinking about it. So I'm really just trying to focus on that. But I'm, I don't want to make this sound weird, but, like, I'm really into serial killer things, like, the books, the shows, the movies, like, I'll watch every single one of them, and I'll get so into it, and, like, I really want to be, like, part of the FBI or something like oh, that. that'd be dope. Like, that that seems just really interesting, and I really want to figure that out, so I'm just leading between those two. How'd you get into serial killer stuff? Like, what, what was the first interact, like? Um, this one show that Mariah got me into, it was criminal minds and it's just a bunch of serial killer things like fbi agents just going to like figure out how it happened and this and that and i was like wow and then like i just rewatched it like so many times like i still watch it today and i was like wow and then i got into like the documentaries and all that and the books and i was like i really this is really interesting is there a certain serial killer that you've looked into that you're like you're like you think about or that you're fascinated by like what the fuck um Richard Ramirez, I guess. I'm not, like, super into, but I could sit there and do so much research about him if I really wanted to. Hey, I'm a grown-ass man, and when I watch that stuff, I get freaked out. Shit <laughs> <laughs> doesn't scare you? Like, you don't feel like... No. No. I watched that on Netflix, and, like, dude, that dude was terrorizing people, right? Like, people were legit fucking locking their doors and shit. Scared. I found it very interesting. Like, someone's that scared of just a human being yeah. that's, like, just there what what like uh what intrigues you about it is like 
why they do it like their mind like what makes them tick to do it or how they do it like what are you what do you think about when you you study it i don't even know it's just like you're like you're just like everyone else you're a normal person you're just like what you're sitting there on your couch and then you just think wow i'm really really just in the mood to murder someone (laughs) right now so you go and just find your own creative way to sit there and kill someone and you just make it a habit so you want to be the person that hunts them down like finds them and figures them out yeah that's dope let's make a deal right now dude. if you ever get in the fbi don't fucking don't come back don't tell me you know what i mean if i come up anywhere yeah. that's dope man what do you think about that were you ever into serial killer shit no i wasn't um no i think the closest i ever got to that was x-files yeah x-files <laughs> is classic bro that's a classic one man that's dope man so model fbi or and hunting down serial killers that's a wide range right there and you're very diverse I love scary movies, dude, my favorite, like, and, like, I'll read books about, like, haunted houses and stuff, but, like, there's, like, shows that I'll see, and I'm, like, this is, like, so stupid, like, that's dumb, like, that's, that's not really that interesting, but, like, some shows, I'm, like, wow, that's scary, like, scary movies just in general, like, yeah, they're fake, but, like, they really fascinate me. What's your favorite scary movie of all time? Oh. Do you have one? Um... I'd say either The Conjuring 2. It's scary as hell. I have to watch this shit with the lights on. Homie. Or Insidious 2. I was just watching that today. <laughs> just before we got here. Just for fun. Because no. <laughs> I've seen them all so many times. Like, yeah, they're so scary. But sometimes it just depends, like, when and where. Shit, I got scared when I uh, read the book Goosebumps. Man, I was petrified. I didn't read Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that shit yeah, was yeah. scary. You yeah. into scary movies? What's your sc- favorite scary movie, man? Uh, I'm old school, dude. I like uh, The Shining. I mean, The Shining's a classic, right? You gotta like that one. Um, I really like uh, that one, uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> that shit's mm. fucking terrifying. That's a good one. And then another weird one was um, Stigmata. Did you ever see that one? I'm not sure. Have you Have you seen that one, Denny? No. Yeah, no. You, you've seen it. You've seen that one. You didn't really like it. What's it about? What's it about, Stigmata? Uh, some chick that was, like, possessed or something like that. Just some weird shit. Hey, so this is what you guys do in your free time, huh? Just get to scare the shit out of yourselves by watching these scary <laughs> <Yeah>. movies. <laughs> that shit sounds Dude, scary, bro. I would come home, and she would be watching scary movies. You know, like, in the living room by herself watching scary movies. You by know, herself. She, she could handle it for a little while, and then all of a sudden she'd want to come snuggle with me or something. Yeah, like, during the summer, <laughs> that's, like, all I did, like... Last summer, I'd say, in the summer before, I would, like, he'd be at work all day, so I'd just sit there, sit perfectly in the middle of the couch, so I had pillows <laughs> on each side of me, so I wasn't alone. A little fort. <laughs> and I'd be making sure my dog's, like, laying on me, and I'd watch any single scary movie that wasn't stupid. Hey, have you ever watched a scary movie and then, like, scare the shit out of yourself, where you're like, yo, Dude, I Dude, all the time. <laughs> like, this one time I was watching a scary movie... And it was over. And I put on, like, Barbies or something after just for, like, the sound or something. Yeah, we got to balance this out real quick, huh? <laughs> And I got up to go get water. And, like, if you turn around from our fridge and, like, our old fridge and, like, look straight, you see <laughs> the back door. And it's, oh like, God. and, like, you can see your reflection. And I looked and I scared the crap out of myself. <laughs> I almost cried. And I still do it all the time. Like, or I'll accidentally move or something and I'll just. Like, what was that? Terrifying. <laughs> what was that? What was that? I love it how like you scare the shit out of yourself, and you're like, "Hey, let's balance this out and put on some cartoons real yeah. quick." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I still do that. I'm a grown ass old man right now. That's what it's great. 
I put on a scary movie every once in a while, and then I'll get like 14 minutes into it, and then I'm like, I'm getting anxious. I'm getting stressed out. Like, I don't want to do this no more, you know? Like, this is not fun anymore, so yeah. props to you, man. What's your favorite subject in school right now? Do you have one? I'd say English just because I love my English teacher, but that's really it. What was your favorite uh, subject in school growing up, man? Dude. Um, don't I say PE either, man. PE doesn't count. <laughs> I would like to say science, but um, I don't know. I didn't really have one. If you could look at your daughter right now, how old are you? Twelve. Twelve years old. Like, if you can go back to your twelve-year-old self right now, and you could just drop game to yourself. You got your minion right here, your offspring right here. What is something you'd want to tell yourself at twelve years old? Whatever you're most passionate about, stick with it. Period. Keep pursuing it. That's it. Fucking stick with it, dude. Like, you ever listen to Gary Vee? Yeah. So, I mean, he says a lot of shit that'll stick, you know? But um, one thing he says that I like is if you want to be good at something, you know, find something you're passionate about, passionate about and become tunnel fucking vision. And you'll be great. So that means tonight, go do a marathon of scary movies. Oh, I'm going to. I plan it already. <laughs> What's next on your list of scary movies? I like to go in order. Like, I swear... I've been wanting to like actually figure this out for so long because we have the Insidious movies, the Annabelle movies, the Conjuring movies, the what else, like It and everything else like that. I swear they're all related in a way because like I'll watch the Conjuring and then I'll watch Annabelle right after and I'm like, this isn't this and that's and that. Oh, so you start to tie it all together. Yeah. Yo, the first movie I ever watched that scared the shit out of me for real, like where I was, I remember I was genuinely scared is Blair Witch Project. I yeah. never heard of it. You seen that one? about the people in the woods running around and trying to find this witch. Check it out sometimes. It's like a documentary film, but it's like a fake documentary, but it yeah. looks real as hell. But that's crazy. What would you want to, what would you want to tell your pops right now, your age group, just to, uh, about if there's anything that you want to tell them about being a young lady right now in this world. If you could teach us something, you can enlighten us something to be better or to, for us, for us to grow and be better human beings. I have no clue. I love it. You know, you don't have to have a clue right now. That's what's perfect about it. I thought for sure she was going to pop off and be like, don't be such a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> she shaked her head like, yeah, I was going to say that. I'm going to save that for the car ride. Home. Yeah. That's what's up, man. That's beautiful, man. I, I, I really appreciate both of you kind of taking the time and getting to know both of you better. Um, in five years from now, what, because uh, this is going to live forever, right? So in five years from now, where would you like to, you'd be 17? Where would you like to be? What would you like to be doing? At a good college studying forensic science or not in college and traveling the world and being one of the best models in this whole entire world. Go, girl. Look at those motherfucking goals, man. You know what? Straight up to you, man. Straight up. Straight up. Take that. Listen to that. When I was 12 years old, I was like, man... I'm not even going to say what I was going to do at 12 years old, yeah. but I wasn't thinking about that. So that's that. you got a good head on your shoulders. From um, uh, from knowing your pops for many years, uh, he's one of the, the 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 best men I've ever met. He's a he's a he's a he's a purpose. He's a man of of purpose. A man who loves and uh, who puts y'all always first. And uh, y'all don't probably see that sometimes because I get to see a different side of him. But man, there's so many times that I've wanted to hang out with this dude or kick it with him, and he's like, dude, no nah, man, 
my daughters. I'm doing this with my daughters. I'm going to this game with my daughters. So I don't have any kids, but I learned so much from him. So it's a, it's a true honor and, and privilege to be able to get both of you here, you know, and, and hopefully one day we get to reflect back on this conversation and when you're traveling the world and shit, like, give me a job, you know what I mean? Like, I'll drive you around, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll take out your trash, you know what I'm saying? Don't forget about me, all right? Um, Joy, what do you what do you kind of want to say, man? What What's, if you could just leave us with some, some wisdom or just anything on your chest, anything you kind of want to close it out with? Um, Man, I still got tons of shit on my mind that I want to talk about, but... Let's get into it. Tell you know, me something. In closing, I mean, we'll go another fucking three hours with that shit. But, um, you know, in closing, uh, I'm, you know, dude, I'm just stoked to be here. I am happy to be back in California for the week. Um, yeah, it's cool to go to work and make some money and be able to go back home. But ultimately, to be here and hang out with Danny, you know, that's like, that's the most important thing. Um, I mean, shit, dude, you, you mentioned it five times already. The most important thing is just me being around my girls. Uh, that's what I, how I would like my life to continue. You know, I, I know Danny is going to be one of those things that she mentioned and she'll be the best at it. Um, yeah, I just, just look forward to the future, man. Without being cheesy or making it uncomfortable, what does Danny do for you in your life? Like what, what, what does she do for you? Like without her, like stuff that maybe she doesn't know what she does for you do a lot of stuff for me fred um danny and her sister keep me whole they keep me together they keep me from doing stupid shit they keep me motivated they keep me tunnel fucking vision um i mean i'm here for them you know no matter what happens um my purpose is to provide for them one way or another, whether it's financially, emotionally, any any way there is, you know. And for you, same question I asked Danny in five years from now, where do, where do you want to see yourself? What, what is a perfect life for you, a perfect <clears throat> rollout? What, is the, what does five years look like? Who are you surrounded by? What are you doing? What, what does it look like? So I'm actually currently trying to uh, get my next five-year plan together. Kicking around a lot of ideas, um, but ultimately to have a great relationship with both my girls, to have a happy home, a beautiful home, be healthy. Um, I've got some goals I want to attain. I guess I can mention one of them so I could hold myself to it. Um, in five years... I would like to own the biggest piece of property that I can afford not to be bougie or nothing like that, but I just want to own a fucking huge piece of dirt in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky specifically. <laughs> and, um, I just want to have it. We could do anything on it and we could build on it and we could fucking save it forever. We can save it for the girls when I'm gone, they could fucking sell it. They can live on it. They can do whatever they want on it. But, um, I need to have more to leave for my girls, whether that's material things or just more time. 
That's dope, man. And I and I don't want to disrespect uh, my Kentucky people, but I'm sure there's some serial killers out there that you can hunt down in Kentucky. <laughs> sure. It just sounds like a place where motherfuckers go kill. Yeah. Uh, that's dope, man. That's powerful stuff right there. And I like how you kind of said, hey, I'm going to say this. We're going to speak it into existence. You're going to hold yourself accountable to it. And maybe when you get that piece of land, or even right now in Tennessee, man, the next the next show that we do, we can kind of go out there and, and record one. I think that'd be kind of groovy. That would be fucking dope. Yeah, man. Well, fuck. Uh, I appreciate you both. I'm thankful. I learned so much from the both of you. I learned a lot about you, Danny, that I didn't know. You know what I mean? Because you're like, a, I, every time I see you, I always just see you sizing people up, ready to kick somebody, you know? But no, now knowing that you want to study serial killers and be a model and you like a cookie crisp, right? What's your favorite cereal, man? I never asked you that. <laughs> Hold on, real quick. What do you guess his favorite cereal? Oh, um, what did it look like? I know I can remember. You already said it. Um, Tell us, educate us. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's exactly what I was <laughs> You're a Cinnamon God. Toast Cruncher? He yeah. loves it. Yeah. What? And then, what? like, put a bunch of sugar in it. <laughs> Wait, time yeah. the fuck out. We were going to end this. But you put you put sugar in Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Do you know how much fucking sugar's in there? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> or, like, cornflakes, and you just, like, God, that's a all bunch school. of sugar. I like how she school. said cornflakes opposed to frosted flakes. Or Wheaties. Yeah, Wheaties is classic. Do you like the 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 one that's coated? No. All right, those are frosty Wheaties. Yeah. You know what? Now that I have a free chance at this, tell me something about your dad that I don't know. Like what? What? <laughs> like, like tell me something. Like, how does he wake up in the morning? Is he like an old man? Like, does he no, make noises? No, he wakes up. Oh, okay. He has so much energy. <laughs> he feels like he could do anything. The whole if he wanted to, he could go outside and sing the whole alphabet or do anything <laughs> he possibly can think of. But the one thing he wants to do is wake up and bug me. <laughs> the one thing. <laughs> Even when he's in Tennessee. Uh, the man. one thing he does. What do you mean? Tell me. How does he bug you? Like, when we lived at the apartment, he'd, on weekends, he'd wake me up by, what is it called? The leaf blower. Oh straight my in my God. face. <laughs> <laughs> or he'd blast music. <laughs> or have my dog come in. Out, I, I just I need to know this. I need to get this on 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 record. So he would get a leaf blower and <laughs> blow it on you while you're sleeping. Yeah, because he he loved to keep that like <laughs> that super small area of our front porch clean. So every morning he'd be so proud and he'd he'd go blow it down. And he'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna wake up Danny like this. And he'd walk in and he'd be like, hey hey. And then I turn and he just like straight on my face. I'm like. And how do you feel? Like, how does that wake you up? Do you feel like... Oh, I want to slap him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine, like, you get a leaf blower in your face in the morning, and you're like, this is going to be a great day. I'm really motivated, right? Is that, is that how you feel? Yeah. Tell me something else about him. What else What else does he know? Because he's a mysterious man to me. You know, I, I, I only know him one way. So leaf blower was new. Uh, bumpy music is new. What What else? Something... Break it down about your pops no one knows about. Joey's looking at you like, motherfucker, you better. <laughs> I don't care. No, let it rip. You know what? If you totally tried to be... I'm gonna be honest. I just found this out recently, but he could totally be like a stupid singer, like totally. Yes. Like <laughs> you got some pipes on you? I don't know. No, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like 
if you're sitting there in the car and that one song comes on, he will sit there and bug you and shake you and sing every single lyric to it as bad as he possibly can. Oh, so you're an out loud singer? Sometimes. Yeah. I sing my ass off to Danny. (laughs) Nobody else. What? Like, uh, what are some songs that you like? Oh, bro, you name any (laughs) 90s R&B song and I'm singing that shit. And how does it feel when he's singing that song to you? Are you kind of like, man, this is great, Dad. Thank you. Or you're like, hey, right? Yeah, this shit it's up. either one of those moments that I'm like going to remember forever. And it's just like, you're really being way too much right now. <laughs> being extra, as yeah. the kids say. What What else is something that you remember about your pops that he does? The leaf blower one, dude. I still haven't got over that <laughs> shit. That's a fucking interesting <laughs> way to wake somebody up. And I might try it. Um, I don't know. Everything about him is pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something else. Um, because I have a couple stories that I want to share with you now that I think about. It. We're gonna wrap it up, but I kind of fucking, I kind of, you, you kind of inspired me to think about. It. And I was actually telling this story the other day to somebody else. And your dad's a big prankster. Like he likes, oh to, yeah, like he does pranks that are borderline very dangerous. You know that we are like, dude, yeah. like, that that was like it was funny, but it was also very scary, <laughs> yeah. right? So let me tell you one story about him that you may not know, right? So one time we were in the we were in a, in a field training for the military. We were in the desert, Fort Irwin, and I was with my team in a vehicle, right? A track, a, a, a paladin. We're hanging out. We're going over drills. It's late at night. It's pitch fucking dark. We're, we're waiting for like a mission to come down. So everybody's on edge. We're, it's stressful. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, our hatch is open. So a window in our vehicle is open. Then all of a sudden, this little green bag that's in an MRE, right? It's a heating bag that heats up your food. It's filled up with water, sealed up, and it comes flying through our fucking hatch, right? It comes just, just we're just chilling, waiting, we're stressed out. And this little pouch comes just fucking flying in, right? And then me and my gunner, um, my number one man, we look at it, and I'm like, dude, that's an MRE bomb. Like, that thing's going to fucking explode in here. You know what I mean? So I think I think somebody, like, grabs it and throws it out real quick, and boom, it blows up, right? So we run out the hatch, like, who the fuck just did that? And this dude's out there just chuckling. Having a, I'm like, dude, do you know how dangerous that would have been if that wouldn't work? He's like, dude, it was, just a, it was just a fucking MRE pouch. Another story about your dad that I'll never forget is another, we're training, it's serious, right? It's supposed <laughs> to be serious with these military men training, right? And he comes up with this brilliant, I don't know if you remember, but he comes up with this brilliant fucking idea to set up a booby trap, right? And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, dude, if we tie off 550 cord to here, and we tie off, five, it's like a piece of string, thick string. So if we tie off 550 cord here and here, when people get out and walk to go to the bathroom or whatever, they're gonna trip on the fucking cord and fall. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if that's the safest fucking thing, you know. But yeah, we had a couple casualties uh, that that took a spill. And then the thing about Joey is like, these are dangerous pranks. And then it fucking tickles him. He'll just be howling and laughing. Like, how do you get enjoyment? So has he done anything silly like that? Any pranks on you guys? Honestly, no, not any. Oh, thank God. Ones that I can think of that are bad. Good, except for the fucking leaf blower in your face at five in the morning. And today when he told me we were going to get Chick-fil-A and then he said April Fool's. <laughs> I was really disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I bet you you were fired up for Chick-fil-A. Huh? I kind of was. So, man, I learned so much about you. I didn't know you were a singer. Mm-hmm. You like Cinnamon Toast Crunch with sugar? Yeah. Fuck, man, I'm fascinated. You, you have multiple layers, man. I do. Many hats. Many hats. Give me one more about him, like that that no one knows but you or you and your you know your family. 
I guess this one kind of revolves to the singer, and he's going to yell at me after this. <laughs> he can sit there and sing his heart out to Adele. Oh. <laughs> 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 like, even if it's early in the morning, he will sit there, either ball his eyes out and listen to Adele, or sit there and Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> this is a dope story. Okay, yeah. How did so? I just want to clarify. So when you say balls eyes out, he just cries when Adele comes on. Good. Yeah, I don't want to make a joke of it. Yeah, I want to hear the story. So, dude, I I was I wasn't like bawling crying. I had some tears. They're like the motivational tears. You know what I mean? Shut up. Why Adele though? Why why? So it it turned out to be Adele because uh, we were going to a rugby game, right? So we're going to a rugby game. And um, I've always tried to fire them up in the car by like bumping different music, you know, and because that's how I get fired up. And I, I think you guys can get into it, whether it's my music or just music in general. Um, Adele came on and, you know, I start getting them fired up for game day two days before, you know, <laughs> like it's fucking game time. You know what I mean? We're on the way to a rugby game. And Adele came on, and I know Mariah fucking loved Adele at the time. Mariah's sitting in the front seat, Danny's in the back. And, <clears throat> and the song came on, and uh, which one was it? Rolling in the Deep or something like that? I think so. Yeah. I could, I shit you not, I could feel Mariah's energy next to me. You know, like she's like tunnel fucking vision, you know. And I turned it up more and more, and I could just, like, feel her energy. And uh, she was singing, too, wasn't she? Probably. I think so. <laughs> Mariah can sing her ass off to some she Adele, can. dude. She and could. I mean, like, fucking good. Like, Mariah's a good singer. Um, but it made me, like, so happy that Mariah was in the front seat getting so fired up, singing to Adele that was blaring, and Danny was in the back seat just soaking it up. You know, to me, that was, like, it was a proud dad moment. Gotcha. You know, like my girls, all three of us. And it was just us three in the car. Just bumping Adele. We're together. They're fucking locked in. Mariah's going to kill somebody. Danny's going to kill somebody. What are uh, the odds of you right now singing that song to us? Zero. <laughs> uh, do you know the name of the song so I can listen to it later? And, and Yeah, I think it's called Rolling in the Deep. He knows exactly the song. He said, I think he's so. going to play it as soon as we get in the car again. Oh, it does he? Watch that. Watch this. Play this. Play that song in your headphones and we leave. I guarantee you'll get into it. I'll have a tear. You might not have a tear. I'll water my beard real quick <laughs> yeah. on the way out. What does your dad eat for breakfast? He tries to be so productive when it comes to breakfast. He'll either sit there and make like the fattest egg burrito ever. Or he'll sit there and eat like this week. He's been trying so hard. He's eating like just plain gross oats or like is it like beef or turkey turkey you just sit there and eat turkey and rice like <laughs> it's so weird what's your dad's favorite fast food restaurant <laughs> <laughs> we go to del taco a lot oh del but taco that's a classic bro yeah but del taco and in and out because in and out's my favorite so he always has to take me so he has to give him what do you get from del taco what's your go-to del taco <laughs> oh, shit do i tell him everything <laughs> Um, my go-to, if I'm just kind of hungry, I'll get, uh, two chicken soft tacos, a quesadilla and a large fry with a Dr. Pepper. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking, what about you? What for, uh, in and out? Oh yeah. She gets down in and out. <laughs> um, 
I'll eat a double-double animal style, but with extra grilled onions and no pickles and a cheese fry and Dr. Pepper. God damn, so you guys fucking fuck it up. You guys but have I can eat it bro. all. Bro. She eats it all? <laughs> yeah. Both Dr. Pepper, too. I noticed both of you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the staple drink. You know what I'm curious about? Like, is your dad like an old man? Like, when he wakes up, is he like one of those old dads that like make noises and shit? Like, when he's getting up, like, <laughs> ah, like when he gets up from chairs and Sometimes, shit? Sometimes, not really though. Like, if it's a really good nap though, he'll get up and do it like super old man, like weird stretch and everything. Like, <laughs> what, what does he do? Like, how does he stretch? <laughs> he sleeps perfectly straight. You fucking face. You fucking <laughs> psychopath. <laughs> and with the pillow over his face. So. Yeah. So he'll be laying there, and he's always perfectly just, like, a little bit slanted up. He'll have, like, two pillows behind his head. <laughs> and what I've seen, he'll just, like, to stretch. And I'm like... Right hey. when he wakes up, he just shoots both arms out like that? Yeah, and he, he sometimes he'll do, like, a very annoying scream with it just to, like, let us know he's awake. He has yeah. to let the whole house know. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I have awoken. <laughs> yeah. Or he's just quiet. Hey, does your dad like a pajama guy? Like when he goes to sleep, or like how does he like? No. Does he wear a robe? Or? This fool wears the same exact shorts every day. <laughs> I've been talking about it forever. Surprised not wearing it right now. Uh, but same exact ugly, probably super worn out camo gray shorts every night he goes to sleep. I'll tell me like, have you watched those yet? He was like, I watched them yesterday. No, like, damn well you yeah. didn't watch them. <laughs> he hasn't watched them. So he's in the camo dirty shorts. Sleeping like he's in a coffin. Yeah. Propped up slightly. <laughs> What's his face like when he sleeps? Like I don't know. He sleeps with the pillow over it. Why? Where did that come from? Why do you cover your face? Because his mouth's open, I bet you. No, dude. <laughs> <laughs> she has a theory on it, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, that's just like one of my fucking, I don't know. It's like one of those head things. But um, I sleep with a pillow over my face, barely covering my eyes. Like if you were to look at me, you wouldn't be able to tell if my eyes were open or closed. But I know that all I need to do is just crack my eyes, and this is weird. But if somebody were to be in my house, like they would think I'm asleep, but I'm really awake. Is that weird? So you're just like uh, I'm ready. Me. I'm ready is what I am. You're ready at all times. Yeah. Now that you know that story, does it like change your mind on how he sleeps? No. Like, because he, he's kind of a heavy sleeper sometimes. Like it depends. Is he a snore? He kind of looks like a snore. Okay. If anything. He's not the bad one. <laughs> is it you? Was it? No, it, it's his fiance. Oh, she's so. It was so bad. Like, if you could think of like an old man. That, no offense to her, but like, if you could think of like shout an out old to Carly, man, by the way. This ain't me saying this. Carly. Yeah, like, uh, hey, me could, neither. If you could think of an old man that has like asthma, asthma, and has to breathe like the machine things, like the super loud, like. That's what she sounded like. Hey, for the record, Carly, there's no cameras here, but I have not laughed one time, Carly. <laughs> She's not buying you anything for Christmas, dude. Yeah. So it's like a saw? Like it's like a <gasps> aggressive one? But like, it stopped. It's not bad now. You'll sometimes hear like a quiet snort, but like once or twice. Okay. In the last few nights, I haven't heard anything. He'll like, he's like a quiet sleeper. Very still. And he like doesn't, yeah, he like doesn't move. That's my thing, though. When I sleep with him, I'd move all the time. And he'd be like, why are you moving so much? Because, like, he would just stay. He would not move. Hands straight down. Kind of. And then right when he wakes up, he shoots him out. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. That's very. Uh, it's good to know that about you, man. 
Yeah. I ask you the food question because when I when I was in the army with him, he would eat this weird tuna fucking mix every day, and he'd mix he it. He made us good tuna though. You oh you guys fuck up tuna now? Oh yeah. We used to eat tuna a lot because he'd like apple cider vinegar in it, bits of apple relish, best, and then he'd put it on sandwiches. You doctor that tuna up, huh? My tuna's the shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's that meal growing up, man. I grew up on a lot of tuna and a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, see? Yeah. Oh, you, you too? Turkey <laughs> sandwiches are better than now. Yeah, turkey sandwiches. What's your favorite chip, man? I never asked you that. I go back and forth, dude. I really like Cheetos. Um, salt and vinegar. I like the, the cheesy ruffles. I'm not a big fan. Um, I don't know. I'm, I fucking eat. Everything. What about you, Danny? Hot Cheetos. Like, any just hot chips. But I really like Takis, but not even, like, the big bags of Takis. Like, he'll get us, like, <laughs> the, like, $2 Takis things that comes with, like, a bunch of the small packs, and there's, like, eight Takis in each. Those ones are just so good. Like, I can sit there and eat eight packs of them, and I know he can, too. Every time, all the time. Every time. If you think of your dad, what, what kind of water do you think he uses when he showers? Hot water or cold water? He's weird. Like, I feel like he'll start off with, like, really nice cold water to wake him up. And that's what gets him all hyped. And then after, he'll, like, he'll be like, this is too much. And then he'll, like, slowly turn into hot water. And then just, like, completely just, like, flop. Flop over. But I swear, he's just, like, he seems like a cold water person. Is that accurate? Have you ever taken a cold shower? I'm not a fan, dude. Oh, of course you're not. Nobody is. Do that shit. Do you do it? I do. You've not all the time. You've mentioned a couple times of his energy level, his energy level in the morning. What's that like? Like waking up next to your dad early in the morning. Like what? What's his? What's that like? It's like a tornado comes through and just fucking chaos. Or what's it like? Yeah, cause like he'll come in to wake me up once, and I don't wake up. He'll come in again. He'll like throw a sock at me. It'll perfectly just like smack, <laughs> or it'll just completely miss, and we'll sit there and laugh about it for like two minutes. Or he'll just be like. He loves to open my windows. He loves to because it's pitch black instead, like when they're closed. So that's what he loves to do. Bro, that's an old school pops move right there. Yeah. Like, you don't want to get up, motherfucker. All the windows are getting up. We're going to get some light up in here today, you know? Yeah. Turn the blower on. They're good. Damn, bro. I just want to know why you just have a a fucking, like, you just have a blower handy in the house. (laughs) Like, how did that that even end up in the house? That's crazy, man. That's cool, man. I learned so much about you, man. This is uh, pretty interesting. Pretty, 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 pretty interesting. So uh, I think we'll wrap it up, man. Uh, but thank you both again. I know I know we were supposed to wrap it up a while ago, but we got into that conversation about the blower, so I learned so much. What's one thing you learned today, Danny, during our conversation? Is there one thing that you learned about your dad? That he's actually way more interesting. Why do you say that? Because I've never, like, like, I've sat here and asked him, like, how was it when you were in the army and that? But I never got full explained details like how you just did right now. Was it insightful? Did you learn something? Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. What did you enjoy about it? Just like the way he talked about it and described it and was just so like confident about it. That's pretty cool, man. I'm, ha- I'm happy that we were able to share this moment together. I think that's that's one of the cool things about it. What'd you learn today, man? Is there anything you learned today? Mm. I think I learned that Danny really does like to finesse. 
I was gonna say something, bro. She came yeah. out of her shell, bro. Yeah, she did. She, uh, you know, Danny, dude. She thoughts, Danny. Were you, are you more comfortable? Because at first, let's be honest to all the fans out there, you were. I just like, need to be like ask questions to get comfortable, please. Like, you know, are there any questions you want to know about Danny? How about you next? Take the next couple of minutes. Are you, is there something you don't know about her? I mean, that's kind of hard because you spend so much time with her. You blow her with a leaf blower. You sleep like you're in a coffin. Is there anything that you want to know about her? Like pick her brain. Let's let's flip it on him a little bit. What is your first memory of Ortega? I don't even know. I really, honestly, I can only remember the eyebrows on Fig Thing. Like that's <laughs> it. Like. I believe it was just me, you, and Ryan. And we met up with him. And I saw him, and I looked at Raya, and I said, hey, Raya, he has nice eyebrows. They're on fleek. Because at the time, like, eyebrows on fleek were, like, the that best vine or something. Yeah. So I'd say it all the time. And she laughed about it, and it just stuck. Yeah, he told me. He told me. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit up here in front. I was a little offended at first. You know what I mean? I swallowed it off. I'd swallow my pride. I was like four. I know. <laughs> yeah, mouthy little four year old, huh? <laughs> yeah, he, we talked the next day and he's like, Hey man, just a heads up, man. Uh Danny said your eyebrows are on fleek. And I was like, first of all, that's fucking weird. You know what I mean? You know, don't ever tell me that again, Joey. You know? But that's cool, man. Yeah. So nothing you wanna ask her that you've never asked her? Um, no, because we we talk. You know, we talk a lot about a lot of random shit. Um, you know, I'll I'll always be dad, right? Um, but it's like a thing you have with your parents, you know? Um, you feel like, and I know this is mainly my fault because I know I can be a dick and strict and pretty snappy myself. But, um, you know, like us being able to talk, is a real thing. Um, you really can talk to me about anything. And I know you probably feel like you can't because I've been strict. And when you get older, you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying more. I know you understand it right now. But when you have your own kids, you'll get it. You know, like if I were to leave you here with him and he were to, interview you for two hours that you could fill up two hours no problem you know i don't know yeah you could <coughs> but um no I don't, I don't really have any questions for you but you, you know you can talk to me we do good we talk a lot good bro you know um what do you what do you think mariah's five-year plan is or where mariah's going to be in five years That's something I can answer, but something I don't know if I can. Um, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> From the things she's told me and the things I believe, I think her five-year plan is to continue with her job Find a better one. We talked about that a lot. Find a better one. She wants to make money. She wants to start 
doing things for herself and find a house for herself. And I think she's really going to try to continue with her relationship at the moment. And I really just think she's going to try to continue with working. That's really all I can think of. She's going to try to be a successful businesswoman. I think if she tries hard enough, she could. Absolutely. They all know. What is one thing you want to tell Mariah? Like, if she were to listen to this one day, like, what does she mean to you? We have our ups and downs, like, a lot. Like, a lot. But she doesn't really know that. Like, I'll just be sitting there, and I'm like, she really pissed me off the other day. She doesn't know that, though, but, like, that made me mad. So I'm just going to be mad at her. I'm not going to text her. But, like, we don't talk a lot, but... She was, like, she was my hero. Like, the way she saw my dad is the way I see her. Like, she was the person I wanted to be exactly like when I was older. Like, I was just so obsessed with being her. Like, I loved the way she was. Like, she's so pretty. I wanted to look exactly like her. I wanted to be exactly like her. I wanted to do everything like her. But I think she noticed that, and she tried to change the way she was because of that. I think she wanted to change to be a better role model for me, and I think she did pretty good at that. Shout out to Mariah, man. That's cool, man. <clears throat> and I, I don't like to ever, like, um, I don't ever want to be that person. Like, I don't give advice or anything like that. But, dude, one thing that I've learned just from my experience is that relationship with your sibling like it looks funky when you're younger and there's like all this intricacies and all this weirdness and shit but nothing like sibling love you know what i mean especially as you guys get you ladies get older that's somebody and i and i bet you feel this way right now she can call you and need anything and you're like yo i could be mad at you today but i got your fucking back what are we gonna yeah. do you know what i mean and knowing mariah that i know her and just knowing your family and knowing you know the type of leaders that your your father is creating is that uh she would do the same for you, you know? So those relationships are so, so, so special, so, so, in you know, so rich, really. Um, yeah, growing up, that was always weird, you know, like mm -hmm. going through shit. But when you look back on it, you're like, man, all that shit don't matter, you know? It's fucking, it's really special. It's probably one of the most special relationships, you know? Yep. That's pretty dope. Yo, Mariah, if you're listening to this, come fuck with the podcast, man. That'd be cool to have all three of you here one day. That'd be dope, huh? I was just thinking that. That would be badass. That would be like an eight-hour long. Let's yeah, do it, dude. Try to set it up next time that you come in town, and we'll we'll, we'll get here, and we'll just that'd be cool because uh, we did we did this a while back, um, Danny, uh, your dad and I, and I still listen to that. I never released it because it was just so special to me. And we talked like we talked for like three four hours, and we recorded the whole thing, and it was so special to me. But what's crazy about that is that when I was listening back to it the other day to kind of prepare for this is that things that he mentioned on that he came to real life came to fruition with you moving i don't know if you know if you remember that but you said something along those lines all right yeah like yo i want to do this and i kind of want to get that and like it came came to real life and just to see i think that was like maybe two years ago and i was right here i was right here he was on zoom it was pouring that day it was like middle of covid and i was like yo i need to do something I need to connect because we weren't able to kick it or whatever but just listening back to that it's like fuck how much changes in two years and that's really the the whole purpose of it is like to document these little moments in time because, dude, one day you're gonna be old, right? Obviously, that's a stupid statement, but then you're gonna look look back and be like, damn, like I was, 
fucking wanting to hunt down serial killers and now i'm doing it you know so it's yeah. it's, it's it's really special to to kind of collect these moments and collect these conversations but whenever bro open invitation whenever mm -hmm. we could get uh mariah on here the three of us or the three of you all that'd be dope that would be dope that is uh i think that's probably a good idea you know be fucking juicy dude yeah no holds bar be a very exciting exciting uh start yeah so she said something like if mariah was right here chilling right now what would you tell her like what is something you want to just tell her get off your chest or just say like love whatever it is um there's not one thing i could just tell her but um yeah i would tell her the same thing same thing my dad always used to tell me that i always tell them you know i'll always be your dad you know and what i mean by that is um I mean, you can go all kinds of different ways with that. You know what I mean? Like, I'll always be your dad. Whether this happens, that happens, no, yeah. matter, no matter what it is, no matter <laughs> if we don't fucking talk for a year or two years or you do this or whatever, I'm still your fucking dad. I'm still down for you. I'm still here for you. Yeah. If Danny wasn't in the room right now, I would definitely say something. I think I've told you one thing I, I got into with my pops one time and a comment he made at me, like where I come from. Danny, <laughs> could tell you this. I've, I've told them. Yeah, I'll never forget the first time my dad told me that. And I was like, oh, shit, I did. That's kind of weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what he's talking about? Kind of. I've told him. It's it's true, though. Like, right? Always be my pop. Always be your, your pops or my pops. And those are special relationships as well because we, we can see here in, in, in your life, you know, I, you know, I know it's a touchy subject, but one day people will not be around, right? That's not yeah. a fucking, that's not a, you know, that's not a crazy statement. We all have a expiration date on on all of us, so to kind of capture these moments, that's one thing that I wish I would have done earlier is like talk more and then document it, so that when I get when I got older, I can go back and play that and listen to it and be like, yeah, you're almost with them in the room, you know? Yeah, because yeah, I, and and I know that this that is one reason why you're doing this, and I fucking appreciate that, like that video was it a video the last one yeah um that's fucking gold you know just because of what you and i have both gone through um to have a, a video that long of your dad i wish i had that me too mm -hmm. me fucking too and what's crazy i just thought of this she made a special appearance in that video she was walking by. Oh, did you? Yeah, remember? And you're like, yo, come here. You're like, sit down. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. I got to get that to you guys. I got to get send it over. It's like a four-hour fucking I bet. We talked about UFOs and aliens. <laughs> Do you believe in aliens, Danny? No. I believe in ghosts, though. But I don't believe in aliens. You know aliens? You, you're yeah. a fan of aliens, yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you, Danny. This is fucking scary. If you could right now find out that aliens were real, but you had to get abducted, but nothing bad Yes, I would get abducted. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I ain't fucking with you, man. You, you, you're <laughs> out there. Daddy. Bro, did you, what? I would not get abducted. And if there's aliens out there, don't fuck with me. Don't come meet me. Don't come talk to me. I don't, yeah. I don't want nothing to do with y'all. But for real this time. Okay. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Uh, it's been a cool conversation, man. I'll make sure this gets uh, out there for the world and for you all, especially. Cool. All right, man. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for having us. You guys have a blessed one. Be safe. Drink water. And goddamn, it's a beautiful night to be alive, isn't it? Damn.
Damn right. Let's fucking go. All right. And we're going to outro with this motherfucker right here. What's up, motherfuckers? I'm here on another episode of a collection of conversations with my daughter. Danny Marie Ornelas. That's right. Ready to talk some shit? Let's get it going. Yeah.